This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Today, we have our longtime friend, Luke Stepleton, on the podcast. Now, Luke, well, we, we met him about... Eight, nine years ago, 2009, he was working for Machinima, and he was one of the first people that reached out to us when we started YouTube, and uh, actually basically started one of the first multi-channel networks over there at Machinima. It's a crazy story. Uh, since then, he's been uh, founding Three Black Dot, working with the likes of Syndicate, Vanos Gaming, tons of awesome guys, and he knows YouTube inside and out in a way that most people do not. That's so right. If today, you're talking about creative ads... And how to do them. Yeah, he, it's basically the the business that affects our lives and affects yours, too, as a viewer. So let's get into it. I appreciate you taking the time to hop on the podcast here because you are a very interesting and intelligent person. And there's many things that you know that I don't that I'd like to find out. Yes, welcome to the Corridor oh, cast. Thank, thank you very much. I'm being very excited <laughs> to be a part of the Corridor cast. I mean, I you know, we've known each other for a really long time. So yes. When you guys asked, I was like... Yeah, but am I interesting enough for you guys? Because <laughs> you guys are really interesting. Yeah, I know. think the thing is, is we, we we like use VFX and costumes to make it seem like we're like super make crazy, it seem like we're interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but once those cameras start stop rolling, dude, I'm just like, I, I'm a hermit, man. Yeah. <laughs> I swear. Well, I think as we I'm get like older, yourself. we're all a little bit more hermity, right? Yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah uh, machinima, right? So yeah, that, so, so it's like we've known each other since 2010. <laughs> I think we met in 09. 09? Yeah. yeah, it's been, yeah, because, like, you guys, like, you were the first, like, what? how would I say it? It's when we were trying to turn our passion of making YouTube videos into a business, you were the first person that really, like, kind of reached out slash made contact slash, like, we, the first, the, that was the first, like, real interaction with the greater YouTube economy as uh. a whole, because you were working with Machinima, and it was... We were just, we were just like, holy crap, we, we got noticed by you guys. <laughs> well, you guys made that great uh, video that you guys put up on Freddy's uh, Frozen, Frozen Crossing. Crossing. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so if, for those of you who don't know, Machinima is a, still is a very large YouTube channel, but yeah. it was one of the original behemoths along with Maker and, and Full Screen, and I was one of the first twenty employees over there. Um, first twenty. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. It was really early days. It was crazy. And I was sent to, I mean, my my first two weeks there were the most surreal weeks ever. Because, like, they just sat me down at a plastic fold-out desk. They, you know, I had my own computer. And they said, no one's going to talk to you for two weeks. Here's a list of our most popular videos ever. You need to give us a programming, how you would program differently, different than this type of content, and find us the next Red versus Blue. That's all you need to do. And for those of you who don't know, Red versus Blue is one of the most popular and like, yeah. watched t- uh, watched uh, uh, internet pieces of content ever. Definitely. It's still running today. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so they gave me a small task. Yeah. And no one, <laughs> literally, no one spoke to me for two weeks. And then we sat in our first meeting, and I got first thing right off the bat, I got made fun of because I didn't have an active gamer tag. Yeah, there's this 21 year old intern there, and he's like, "Hey, what's your gamer tag?" And I was like, "I don't have one anymore." And he's like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Oh my god! <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, I was like, I started getting hazed like right away. <laughs> That's the culture, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, and um, they're like, well, you know, what did you find in your two weeks of research? What did you find? Uh, and I said, well, you guys are only programming like traditional machinima, and traditional machinima is like puppeting, like. Uh, game, using the game engine, you know, which is an art form, you know, oh, yeah. using the game engine to tell stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you guys should do more gameplay stuff. You know, you guys should do stuff uh, like this kid named Hutch. You know, he's doing these uh, compilation videos, and I, well, I had a whole bunch of videos from him. And you know, you've got Excalors, but he only does like a, a weekly top ten around like uh, Halo. Like yeah. you need like diversify, get all these other games. And they're like, uh, and then I, secondly, I said, hey, you guys should also have content like this you know you should have you know well with time freddy you know have you know video vfx videos that are you know game based blah 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 yeah uh so i think technically you were like some of the first people i ever reached out to i, I have a feeling we were because like yeah. i mean for lack of a better word like after after that point you know our relationship with like mcns yeah. um grew but like at first like that was like a very like primitive yeah structure working with you guys which was kind of cool it was definitely great for us for sure as you know up and comers but uh yeah no it's hilarious it was really <laughs> fascinating well we 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 didn't get to a deal right away with you guys but we got to a deal with hutch and uh, a kid named um blame truth uh who's still in the community still pretty active and then c nanners yeah and now both c nanners and hutch have taken off and you mm-hmm. know nanners and i are business partners together and co- my, my so i'm a co-founder of a company called three black dot yeah, uh, Nanners, uh, Vanos, and Syndicate are all my business partners. Um, and uh, Nanners and I like became friends back in '09, same time we you and I met. And uh, uh, the video game community just took off. Like before that, there was you know a few hundred people, if you will, making gameplay videos. Once Machinima started like monetizing it, yeah, fuck, yeah, literally <laughs> hundreds of thousands of people were submitting <laughs> videos, and it's like whoa. Uh, so I think in 2011, we were actually voted Southern California Startup of the Year. Wow. So it was really exciting, like, being a part of Machinima. It was a bummer to see it, like, crash and burn the way it did. It's still doing great, uh, and I really wish nothing but the best for it. But it, it's, you know, it's it definitely didn't reach what we thought it was going to. Yeah. Well, I mean, for us, you know, us, we started as an independent YouTube channel. And that opportunity to work, well... For us, the decision to work with Machinima was really just a decision to work with you because of the mutual understanding and trust that was, you know, involved with that. But um, at the same time, you know, we're sitting there in 2010 looking at Machinima going, hey, this is like the biggest YouTube channel. And they're like, 
it's all all the stuff that we're into as well. So, you know, we, we kind of wanted to be a part of that too and see ride, ride that train and see where it went. And I guess, well, we, we now know where that train eventually kind of went, <laughs> right? But it was, it was really interesting because at yeah. the time, everyone's trying to figure out what YouTube's all about. Yeah. Mission was huge. It's, it's, it's trying to create a model, but that model doesn't, didn't necessarily pan out in the way people thought it would. And I'm curious, yeah. like, what, what really is the cause of that? Or, like, what, 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 yeah, so why? This, this is right? when MCNs were born out of channels themselves, not created separately. Yeah. Yeah, I can only speak to Machinima and how it started its MCN, and it's actually kind of a fun origin story. So I'm going to tell that story, too. Do it. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll ask guys like Sark and, and Nanners to back me up online if people attack me. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, so what happened was, like, uh, right around the same time, again, we met, uh, and I remember we, so we met in, like, November or whatever, I think of 09. Yeah. And we were sword fighting out in your alley. Yeah, we're LARPing yeah. and talking about the singularity. <laughs> around the same time. <laughs> At, like, midnight. Yeah. Literally, it was, like, perfect. midnight, 1 o'clock. It was perfect. <laughs> yeah. It was super fun. And then right around the same time, what was happening was Nanners and, and Hutch and all these videos were just absolutely taking off. So we were like, hey, let's make its own channel. Mm-hmm. We'll make a Call of Duty Destination channel called Respawn. Not a Call of Duty, a first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. You know, Destination channel called Respawn. And I remember the date perfectly. It was December 17th, uh, 2009. Uh, it was Today's the 17th. Is it really? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> I remember the date. I mean, we can go back and double-check, but the day Respawn went live, I was sitting next to a, ga- a guy named Mahmood. And Mood is like one... Uh, he's, I love him. He's one of the coolest guys. But he's also... Uh, persnickety and and really uh, uh, can be really rude sometimes because he's so <laughs> blunt. Like he's right. so blunt. You're like, whoa! You just said that out loud. <laughs> most people yeah. most people dial that back a little bit and try to say it differently. <laughs> but he's wonderful that way. Uh, and I'm sitting next to him, and I my so my job was facing content creators, guys like yourself, guys like Danners, all that stuff, and and talking to them and. And for the longest time, their their issue was back then was getting partnered with YouTube. You guys remember the the slog back then? It was yeah. so hard to be partnered, and it would take six months. You'd have to go through an application, and then they'd forget who you are, and then somebody else would come interview you, and you'd be like, you'd have yeah. to start all over, and it was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So that was my daily. I was talking to people about well, you can only monetize if you put it on Machinima, you know, and and we'll do what we can to help you get partnered, but we can't right now. Blah blah blah. And then on the day that Respawn launched, we're all sitting there getting ready to go live for the first time. And I'm sitting next to Mahmood, and he goes, uh, all right, it's done. I'm like, what's done? He goes, I just finally created the channel, and it's up. I'm like, what do you mean you just created the channel? I thought you'd created it a while ago. He goes, no, I was waiting. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I was like, so how did you do that? Like, I'm so curious, like, how you did that? He's like, oh, it's really easy. Through our CMS, you know, which is a control management system that all – uh, YouTube networks have. Mm-hmm. You can just uh, send an invite to an email that already has a YouTube account and partner with it, and it just becomes like a a satellite channel. And I was like, "Holy fuck, that's incredibly powerful!" Like, why aren't we doing this to the whole internet? Like, right. let's just go and get the whole internet to sign up through our CMS, go around the YouTube like system. We'll vouch for the channels. We'll monetize it. Help to monetize the channels. Blah blah blah. He's like, I guess that's, I don't think that's possible, but why not? So we literally stood up right there and we walked into the executive's office and he was like, can you, you can't do that. I was like, yeah, you can. He just told me you could. <laughs> and he was like, Mood, can you do that? He's like, yeah. He stood up and he walked into the CEO's office and was like, 
15 minutes later, he comes back. He just leaves us there sitting. And I'm like, what's up? He goes, do it. Like, start with, like, five <laughs> channels and do it right now. If you can really do this. You're, if you can really do this, this is crazy. Wow. So we've got Respawn going. It's our first, first like, out, outside the Machinima proper channel going right at the same time that we realize we can start a network. Right. So we immediately start on the paperwork for the network. And you guys remember, mm-hmm. you know, that was back when Machinima got blasted its first time. Uh, we had, like, so we had guaranteed CBMs. Yeah. But uh, the kicker was it was an in perpetuity deal. Yeah, that's like it was. And that it was, was the it first was, time Reddit got word of us, and they hated us. It, it, was, <laughs> it, it, it felt like like pre Great Depression kind of era kind of stuff. Like, we'll give you this much money forever. <laughs> like, stocks are going up forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bye, everyone's bye, buying. Bye. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But 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 seriously, that spark though, that spark of that realization of what you could create. Like I mean that. That's like literally the origin of the MCN right there. Right, that's crazy. It's, yeah. Well, then you and then we immediately started game channels, and then I immediately said, "Hey, I don't want to do. Like, I love gaming. I love the channels, but yeah. I want to work with. I mean, you guys were one of the first channels I signed. Uh, Reckless Tortuga. Uh, I mean, Rooster Teeth, obviously, uh, but they had their own CMS, but they were rolled under ours. So I managed them. I managed uh, FPS Russia, like all these, enterta- oh, yeah. you know, entertainment channels." Um, which were gaming themed, but or, or had some gaming tangential, but were more uh, entertainment, if you will. Yeah, uh, and that's how the MCN started. Guns, guns. and how it that's wrecked. really what it, everyone <laughs> had guns in their videos. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or made dick jokes or that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's how I mean that's how the MCN started for Machinima. I mm-hmm. was like there day one. I was like, that's crazy easy. How is that possible? YouTube really lets <laughs> this happen? right well, there, but man. Then, but that's the thing. It's so easy that that's how, I guess, you get to thousands and thousands of channels and stuff. And then, yeah. I guess, kind of effectively the blowback of, of the whole concept in general, which is, you know. You can't really give a service. Unless you yeah. build out a huge service team, mm-hmm. you know, customer service team and a management team, you really can't serve thousands of people. I mean, no. had, when I left, I think they had something like 65,000 channels. Good and they God. had like eight people managing that. Yeah, God. How, how, how you it's can. impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. 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 That's that's crazy. So, um, you know, like one thing we're yeah we were talking about there then is, you know, well I guess CPMs. It's that's kind of like the that's that's like the root economy of all YouTube professionals. Yeah. You know, it's like what's your CPM? Yeah. Like, that's basically how... it's your ad rates. You know, this is yeah. ad supported content, and so you know, we well know, on the internet in general, that's how. So CPM for those of you out there, uh, hello internets, uh, is cost per milla or cost per um, m? Well, whatever, cost Millennium. per thousand. Yeah. yeah, cost per thousand. Yeah, just think of it that way. So for every thousand views, you get X. You mm-hmm. know, uh, and if you have ten thousand views, that's X times ten. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty simple. Um, and that goes across all the internet. You know, CPMs on Medium or whatever, or that's the term they use. And back then, CPMs really varied. Mm-hmm. And what Machinima yeah. tried to do is come in and say, we're going to do a flat rate CPM yeah. because we're like a Google preferred customer before Google preferred, but we're, we're selling our CPM pretty high mm-hmm. and you guys are getting like a dollar 20. We'll yeah. give you two fifty mm-hmm. per CPM and then we'll keep whatever's on top. Yeah. Well, I mean, people had done CPMs online before, but that was the first time where it became proliferated, especially in video. Yeah. It was never, I mean, there was podcasters who had it and there were other sites that had it, but those were all working in an entirely different industry. This basically process birthed video monetization. 
Well, yeah. not this process. I mean, I, I would start. So I, I think the most, uh, so I have a lot of cliche, like, what do you call them? Cause I'm kind of in sales, you know? Cause so I, I do brand sales. I do YouTube management. I do a lot of different things. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of snippets that are, I reuse. Yeah. Analogies. Analogies. I'd yeah. say the most, and one of them is one of the most important moments of the past hundred years, period. Any corporations made any decision they made, the single most important decision I'd put it in the top five is, is Google saying in 2006, we're going to start a partnership program because it enabled this whole economy we're talking about. Yeah. Right. If they don't, because ad sales prior to that, right, went mm-hmm. through the distributor, <clears throat> right? Mm-hmm. And the distributor held the keys. Mm-hmm. Distributor of movies, distributor TV, distributor radio, newspaper, yeah, the people everything. who owned it. They, you know, and that was a small group of people. If you're looking back 50 years ago, 25 years ago, you're, you're really looking at a, a really small group of people who own all the ad inventory in the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's yeah. A small group of 25, 30 companies. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, conglomerates that own TV stations and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, Viacom, Time Warner. And then YouTube all of a sudden is like, eh, well, we should incentivize video makers to make more videos. And we'll just share <laughs> part of the CPM with them. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> I mean, our whole, my business is built on it. Your business yeah. is built on it. And, you know, we're part of that evolution of, like, ad tech that's, like, democratizing, if you will, the internet. But sure. It's weird. Well, I mean, I can, I can imagine a few ways why that was very profound and important. But how would you, like... Ex- explain that. Um, it. Well, it, it 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 incentivized content creators to post their content here, you know, and, and mm-hmm. on YouTube. Yeah, and it incentivized a, a very young. I mean, when I met you guys, what are you guys twenty three? Yeah, around there, like twenty four, twenty five, maybe twenty five. Yeah, same thing. I met Clint when he was seventeen or eighteen. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? I <laughs> yeah. met all. I mean, Tom Syndicate was seventeen. I mean. All these young content creators that are now huge and, you know, make their living off it. You know, you guys are young content creators who are hungry and wanted to get your shit seen. Yeah. YouTube was the best platform for that. And it was the only platform that was like enabling you to monetize. Well, I'm saying, like, compared to, like, the, the I guess, the concept of the ad world as a whole, hmm. like, how, how does that make that significant? Because it's just, it's video. It's not, like, video is the source of all media. And, like, Google ran ads on plenty of things yeah. before youtube videos right like sir then they have they had search ads etc oh so, yeah but, if you look yeah, at what yeah, google yeah. acquires the number one thing google acquires is ad tech yeah i mean they're they are effectively an advertising 100 they are it's not, not effectively they are an advertising company they did 68 68 billion mm-hmm. 68 in gross billion sales in gross sales last year they are an ad tech company oh yeah <laughs> their search you know them for search and all that stuff but 68 billion speaks for itself yeah I was on a panel, my first panel ever, I want to say it was 09, or 2010 or 2011, I think it was a tube filter panel. And we were sitting around, I'm trying to remember who was on the panel, but we were kicking around like what the term was people were using, because back then we used uh, producers, you know, whatever, and now, and then and somebody was like, and then I also hate that term influencer. And I was like, yeah, but that's the one that's going to stick. <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, I don't know why. It just felt like it was the only one that was sticking. Because like when you say producer, it's too nebulous, or you know, whatever, all this different yeah. stuff. And then we got into this argument of what an influencer was, yeah. right? And now that's the term that people use, and, and it's an awful term. Like, like it's you so vague. Minds, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's 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 it sticks because it's ultimately true. And I think, you know, we it, yeah, it's 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 that's what you call someone working within an ad supported system in a way. It's like you're. You, well, it doesn't you, have to be ad supported. It doesn't have to be ad supported anymore. Uh, I guess so, but 
the only way that they can make a living off the best way they can make a living off being is ads. Mm-hmm. I mean, what this, what that did. All right, so you know, if you if you if you look at the influencer economy being built off that decision, mm-hmm. and content creators like yourselves, and you know, the PewDiePie's of the world, and the Vanosses of the world, all these different huge content creators popped up. Um, what you know, what that created was um, a different avenue for advertisers to buy. And up until 2016, you know which is just two years ago, and in our my mind, uh, you know, super late, but the 50% of, 51% of advertising up until that moment was spent in traditional advertising. Yeah. Which makes no sense. You know what I mean? Like, who watches a real, com- when was the last time you watched a commercial? Yeah. Your, your parents do, I guess, but even yeah. my parents yeah. can skip commercials now. In 2016, I'm yeah. curious, 2016, is that just the turning point, or do you was there an event that pushed that? I'm not familiar with, like, the chart there. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Uh, that was the year, that was the first year in which digital advertising, uh, digital ad sales, mm-hmm. outpaced traditional okay. advertising. Okay, and just due to growth, basically. Due to growth, yeah. yeah. Okay, not like, not mm-hmm. like, boom! Okay, cool. No, it had been trending, it had been trending <laughs> shoots up. Shoots out of a can. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. Having, I mean, I want to say by 2011, 2012, it was only, like, 30% of the ad it, it grew really quickly. Yeah, I mean, I guess in the ter- scope of like the entire ad industry, going back to the 1800s, like it would be a cannon shot. But. It's a cannon shot. It's really fast, and now it'll be interesting to see where it's at. Now, I imagine it's well above 55. percent So mm-hmm. it's, now it's really eclipsing the the smaller. Well, I mean, I, it's yeah. Why why would you do anything else? Like everything else is just like throwing flyers out into the wind, basically. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you view it, and that's how I view it. There, you know, there's a two hundred billion dollar industry out there that's that's still no, I know. fighting each other over that I know. money. They're, They're like, okay, well, in this money. part of downtown, this is where the demographic, like the bankers, we there, throw so bankers green flyers need green fly. Yeah, they like green. Uh, yeah, I know. There, I know there is that industry surrounding it, but it, it compared to the laser focus of like having a drop down menu of exactly who you're trying to advertise to. Again. You and I totally are. We're on the same. The problem is we're having a discussion where we're both on the same page. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I guess. like digital ad sales, it makes no. It makes little to no sense in my mind to do traditional advertising unless you're really, unless you have so much money. Like you know, I'm a Coca Cola, or I'm a, I don't know, Pepsi or a Toyota, mm-hmm. right? Where I can spend a good chunk on digital, and I can blanket the traditional advertising so that I'm really just kind of making sure that I'm hitting you at least three times. Hitting the older demo, mm-hmm. you know, the people actually sit through the commercials still, you know, and and all that stuff. Because their younger demo, for the most part, either have ad blockers on or yeah. like we, you know, like, I mean, most of the business we've done, sadly, and I mean, sadly, I'm, I'm very proud of it, right? But most of the business you and I have done, Corridor and, and 3BD and, and Luke have done with you guys is, is, is branded integrations. Yeah. Right? Because that's the value I can bring to you. Yeah, you can't ad block those. You can't ad block them. <laughs> But also, it's it's a more authentic way of of, of advertising, yeah. and that's well, where you know we're at right now. That's where that's where it's gonna. I think will be the next change, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we can we can weigh the pros and cons of that shift. You know, that targeted shift. You know, I feel like you can you can definitely look at it as a con if you imagine yourself in the middle of like a million laser sighted crosshairs of all these targeted ads trying to like figure out your <laughs> patterns and routines. But at the same time. Just got a little thought here. Yeah. Let's say you live in a world where that 55% number of online digital ads turns into maybe like an 80, 90% or something like that. Yeah. I'm just going to happen. I'm just imagining going for like a drive or something like that and not seeing as many billboards and like how much like less 
advertising <laughs> you might or 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 maybe maybe it's just it's a it's a dream but <laughs> i'm just it's saying a dream. what if it that could but be every really cool. screen cleans up every life. screen yeah. can be a billboard though sam oh, yeah, so just wait until it's face tracking right and yeah right, tracking no i mean if you yeah. look at you know what's funny well two things yeah. We're going to talk about the 55% real quick because okay. I, I do want to come back to it. Yeah. So at 55, I, I, internet, you're going to correct me and you're going to give me, you know, oh, it was 53.4% this year, whatever. I, mm-hmm. I'm just giving generals. Sure. Uh, it was 2016 where, it, you know, eclipsed 50%, blah, blah, blah. I think it'll get 55 in the next couple of years and then, you know, hopefully to your point, to 80%. That's where people like yourself make a little bit more money because, you know, I see what you guys are doing. It's incredibly impressive and it's still a real hard business to build. And we can talk about that when it's ad supported. But of that 55%, right, mm-hmm. uh, two companies sell 80% of that Google, Google, Facebook, and Facebook. Right. Instagram, Facebook, Google, and YouTube. It's crazy. Now, that's where the paradigm's really shifting. Mm-hmm. Like, really, really shifting. And it's a weird shift because, yeah. like, and, you know, everyone's coming down on Facebook because of, openness and fairness and all this stuff and they're kind of missing the point I mean, in a way not missing the point i mean they're they're nothing's gonna probably change out of this i mean facebook will act differently and they'll be nicer and they'll make sure to block certain toxic and they'll be following all these people but at the end of the day they're making billions of billions of dollars and they're employing a ton of people and they're changing the ad world what are you going to do to change it the only way to change it is habits, and that shit's not happening anytime soon. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you, the the difference in the world we used to be, where as twenty five thirty companies running ad space, now you're literally doing a duopoly. Mm-hmm. And the question is, is that a good thing? <laughs> and what can you do to change it? I mean, I have ideas and thoughts, but it's it's a it'll it's gonna be really fascinating because when when you get to eighty percent, you know, because look at what they're doing. Yeah, yeah I can't imagine well, getting to eighty percent on our current trajectory without. Like maintaining the duopoly. Oh no, you can't. Yeah, I don't see how you change a duopoly. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I do, but it takes a real effort on everyone's. It's going to take a real effort. Yeah, and something super like crazy and sticky. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, it's a great movie. What? Because we talk about movies a lot. Yeah. Uh, Minority Report. Minority. Yeah. And when was the last time you watched that? I a, a while ago, but I I can remember every part of it perfectly it's a really it, it stands up yeah it's a good film I it's think a fantastic I, film i think when i watched it i didn't love it that much i remember just mm-hmm. being like eh, whatever i watched it recently it's fuck. It, excuse my language it's really good <laughs> it's super good it is a good film and it's some great action sequences but mm-hmm. the advertising that's in that mm-hmm. that's where we're headed bro dude where he right. walks through the mall and he's got to like hide himself because everything's recognize him and like oh yeah dude that's where we're headed i mean because look at what they're both investing in yeah Right. You know, you have Magic Leap, mm-hmm. which is the largest startup, I think. I, don't know, I actually might be wrong about this one. Internet, look me up on this one. It, I think it's raised the most capital for a startup. What does Magic Leap do again? Uh, get there in one second. Uh, by far, because I believe they've raised $1.3 billion. As a startup? And they haven't come out with a product yet. What the fuck? <laughs> so Magic Leap does does what? interactive AR. Oh wait, is yeah, Go- okay. and Google is, is the number one investor. So, gotcha. so okay. what I'm trying to get at is, look at what these companies are investing in. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you want to see their future. Yeah. Look at what they're putting their capital. To. Yeah. 
Google, I believe, has invested 500 or 600 million of that 1.3 billion. One, I just can't even imagine not having having raised money as a startup (laughs) and how fucking hard that is. And then to think, wow, these people raised 1.3 billion dollars. Yeah, like raising two million dollars on an idea is really hard. Yeah. It's amazing that they've done this. And I, the fact that they still don't have a product, mm. it's unbelievable. We all, I, when they first raised it, did first raise, they did their first raise at $300 million. I was like, so It's what, like government-grade investment. What do you think they're going to try and something. do magically? Just like Minor report, exactly what I'm saying. They, they want to get it into real life. They want to get your oh, eyes yeah, yeah. They into it. They're yeah. going to create a platform or an experience, right, where you know, you're interacting with the ad, you're interacting with the content mm. right, there, right then and there. Mm. I, that would be my gut. Again, I have no idea. Uh. I've not seen the technology. Anything you can find online is is what I've seen. When I, they, I read this funny uh, news story. Um, apparently, uh, um, in order to catch or identify some of Taylor Swift's stalkers, they inter- they installed a a kiosk yeah. with facial recognition software at one of her concerts. Yeah. And it was basically, all it was was like a video screen playing some like behind the scenes footage of like her doing stuff or whatever, getting ready for a performance. But there was like a camera installed there. Yeah. And each time someone would walk up and would start watching it, it would basically try and identify that person. Yeah. I, I don't know. They didn't say whether they caught anyone or whatever, but they've started doing that to uh, identify people. So I guess, yeah, watch out. If someone well, catches feel- your attention, it might be recording you too. Well, look at, look what's <laughs> happening in China. You know, what's happening in China. The social, no. Yeah, the social media, the real IRL social media score. It's, I can't, I, it's so stupid. It's I like, mean, China will mess it up, but they'll get it right in the future. I mean, you know what I mean? There's a great clip being shared online of Bill Clinton mm-hmm. uh, when he was president um, saying, well, we're not going to be like the Chinese. You know, we're not going to try to control the Internet because you can't do that. You know, you can't control the Internet. Uh, and, yeah. you know, you fast forward to now and you're like, well, they did a pretty good job of that. Yeah. They, they got that one right, Bill. Well, not, well, I'd say they didn't, I'd say they got it wrong, but in their eyes, they, you know, they feel like they got it right. But, and then you look at Facebook, sorry, back to what we were talking about, you know, mm-hmm. the duopoly. If you look at what Facebook's investing in, you know, they're investing in VR technology and AR technology, you know, to create that, you know, for lack of a better word, create the oasis. You know right. I mean? So this, do you want to get into this now with the whole, like, like, integrity in, in, in content well, and like what, what, are you, what are you talking about because this this brings this brings up yeah. the, the thing that I wanted to bridge as part of this which is like in the traditional ad agency world you had 25 companies that were controlling all the distribution of all content who were communicating directly with the government who were communicating on a level of like we got to make sure that we're looking after these people and we're looking after these people. We're keeping eyes on the communists and we're keeping eyes on this and that yeah. right now, 25 years later, that's all gone. And well, now you it's have, not gone. Again, it's not gone, saying, it's but not it's, gone. it's completely separate. It's, it's well, completely it's, changed. And what you have now is, eroding maybe? yeah, you have the ability to, 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 and basically this is these, there's real information coming out today that, that this is basically what the Russians did in the, in the last election. They yeah. used this system against us. Yeah. They used it to create actual discord within the United States and they did it through the mm-hmm. use of our social media. There's, there's, yeah. there's real reports on this. No, it, it's, it's for sure. It's very real. So integrity, I mean, I guess when I think of integrity, I think of content creators like you guys. I mean, we're talking about two different things. 
right? The integrity yeah. of the system itself. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know if we, any, as creators, I don't know how much you can speak to that. I mean, right. particularly if you look at like how viewership has fluctuated just this year based on right. al- algorithms. Right. Like you guys haven't had any control over that. No. Yet your viewership went, probably went like this, right? Yeah, it did. It went up and down. It, really weird. Yeah. And YouTube's not been transparent completely with what happened there. Right. But something happened. Right. They changed something, you know, and, and, well, yeah. What it, what it was, we don't know. They didn't, a lot of subs, people, you know, I can't, again, I speak with them directly. I'm, and I'm not bagging YouTube. I think they do a great job for what they do. Yeah. And it, imagine having 1.6 billion they, people yeah. you've got to serve, you know, and you got to do it. Well, that's the hot thing is you dramatize how bad YouTube is at their job, but then you utilize the platform well, to do yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> to do they, do it. An, yeah. they do an incredible job for what they do. They do an incredible right. job. I it's agree. really impossible. I to, agree. It's impossible. Facebook, not so much. Well, it's, <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I'm just saying, like, I, I, I'm just, I, I think it's, if you want to bring up that subject, there's, like, so many things happening within it <clears throat> right. that, like, you could poo-poo on. And I think it's tough to single out, I guess, one of them as, like, necessarily the, the issue here. Because I think what you're, when, when you bring up integrity, there's a couple things you're dealing with. Um, you're dealing with integrity of users first off. Yeah. Um, so you know, yep. na- naturally, you're going to have some people out there who are trying to hurt malicious or, or malicious users, yeah. so to speak. So you inevitably have that crowd. So you can cater. You know, malicious users um, mess with the system or try and take advantage of it, or even just you know anonymously, you know, having a laugh at someone else's expense. So you have that. Yeah. You have the fact that the system itself is effectively AI based and not um, controlled by people as much as people expected to. Like I remember, I mean, you couldn't possibly I, like do what YouTube does and have it not AI based. Yeah, right. I mean, to ingest millions of hours of content and deliver billions of hours of content, and especially with Facebook. No like, way. This is once again, I'm not going to verify this, but I'm pretty sure that I saw this thing about. How at one point in time, Facebook's AI generated a um, targeted user base called, quote unquote, Jew haters as a potential audience to advertise to as one of their categories or something like that. I call fake news. I'm, you know, I'll I'll take a look, but it's one of those things that like, it's you you have these, okay, once again, I'm not saying this in full confidence, but I'm talking about a system that generates answers and tries to create categories outside of human control and so you have these systems that are like you have you have this potential for like a system to go oh this is a class of people and we're and you the actual users like whoa 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 hold on ai like bad bad robot yeah (laughs) you know let's not advertise to like you know but i mean regardless if that's if that's the the actual categories created like you do have people who can still access categories of near similar like demographics to advertise to. Mm-hmm. I think what you're saying is incredibly poignant. I think it's really hard to communicate to, you know, the regular listener exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But okay, I see both YouTube and Facebook being incredibly powerful systems yeah. and ecosystems, both of which attempt to do a great job. The difference for me, back to the content creators, is YouTube's actively created a content creator program, right? Mm-hmm. Where the content creator can make money. Where on Facebook, for whatever reason, literally I've been talking to them for three years. For whatever reason, they refuse to do it. Yeah. Right? Because they don't want to share their money. They don't want to, you know, they, you know, we want to create a system that's more like traditional, whatever you want to call it. That's, uh, that's true. 
No way. ProPublica, Fast Company, TechCrunch, all at all. Yeah. Okay. Shut so, up. so yeah. But see, this is what I'm talking about. It's right. like when, when we're talking integrity. <laughs> that's yeah, that's so, why I wanted to have this conversation. Yeah, just to, just to <laughs> confirm that you're you're confirming that the AI of Facebook algorithm created created a subset or a I guess we we call a type meta, of human a metadata a demographic. No, you, no, you create a metadata. It's a tag. A tag. It's basically they created an yeah, they created a, a metadata tag that said Jew hater. No yeah. way. You're confirming this right now. But either that way, is crazy. so if you, I mean, I, I just want to explain shame this. on you. <laughs> well, because okay, so yeah, I've done this because we uh, we uh, are going to be releasing a uh, a thing next year, which we will be using Instagram and Facebook marketing for. And so, yeah, going through the system, you you get a really comprehensive list of people to market to. I can I can find a category of Dungeons and Dragons fans on Facebook. Oh, is, for sure. And Instagram. Well, D and D. I mean, I I understand. That. I'm just saying, but you can you can get down to those minute details, and it's can you get Dungeon Dragon Mage I want, between the ages of 25 and 35? I want to do players who only play Ranger, <laughs> Ranger, and, and only Dungeon you probably Masters. Probably could. Yeah. Dun- you probably Master could. Only. That's amazing. Yeah, no, but it, it's 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 incredible. Like the the level of targeting, it is so cheap too. It's crazy. But well, okay. it's cheap, and that's what's and that's where I mean, listen, that's where things are need to either change or evolve. This is this is where I think we. I just want to say I think the reason why it's it's gotten so crazy with with what you're saying here, Sam, is because we are almost victims of our own privilege in. In, in in the in the in like the first world having access to free information all the time that's mm-hmm. supposed to be fact checked and curated yeah. and like accurate leaves people to read something and go oh fuck that's true even though it might not be because somebody else on the other side is manipulating yeah. the ai to give you that information it's yeah, just this well, is yeah. like unprecedented that that's de- dealing with that i don't know how we deal with that this all goes back to advertising and marketing it Advertising does. and marketing. So it uh, does. I, one of my favorite stories is the De Beers story. Okay. Uh, and diamonds and diamonds. Yeah. Uh, so De Beers is a wealthy family uh, that owns something like 85, 90% of the diamond supply in the world. And they got together with Tiffany's or Cartier. Or I can't remember which was in like the mid thirties. Okay. I think it was the mid thirties. I think it was the twenties. I don't know. They fact check me on that. No. But um, they basically said, Hey, how do we convince people that, you know, you must have a diamond? Everyone needs a diamond. And they they actually still have some of the storyboards of the things that failed, right? And they're kind of comic. And you're like, well, they were going to do that. And then they land on everyone needs an engagement ring. Right. You know I mean? Every couple. Concept didn't your, exist before that. Well, it, it, it consisted, but in a way, and they, they just took an old idea, a, a dowry or a, or, or you know, mm-hmm. some sort of a gift, you know, gift that happened at wedding, and they they flipped it on its head and said, "No, this needs to come from the man to the woman, and she'll love you forever because diamonds are forever." <laughs> and that moment, I mean, you think about that, and then you think, "Oh wow, diamonds must be super rare." No, there's enough diamonds for everyone in the world to have two. Like that's that's how not rare <laughs> they are. It's just one one family just holds back the floodgates. Releases a little bit every year. Right. It's not like it's a, and it's not not like I'm. What I'm saying is un, not only not untrue, not unknown. It's a very yeah, well known like, story. Yeah. yeah. So what we're talking about is is how you how do you manipulate people? You manipulate people with really good marketing, and that's what Russia did. Right. They manipulated all of America, one way or the other. Myself, you, you guys, everyone. Right. By through 
strong marketing tools. Yeah, right. tools created by the ecosystems where we sh- where we share and 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 look at content. Mm-hmm. Right. Fucking crazy. That is fucking crazy, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> so what, now I want to go get a diamond. Right now I want a diamond, and I want to know what like what do we do from here? What do we do? Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, just, I, I I think it needs to be. It's on the user and it's on the community to create the solution. Yeah. Right. It's just. It's a tough one. Yeah. You know, because I, I got into this with my brother, and uh, you know, we're we're literally not talking about. People get weird when money's involved. Yeah. You know, and like, let's just say, hypothetically. Yeah. We'd sign a contract right now, just like we've done before between the two of us, where you'd give me 10% of everything you make, and I'll do X, Y, and Z for you. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a big contract to sign. You know what I mean? And we're messing with just a little bit of money. Right. Mm-hmm. Now imagine if everyone in America said, hey, you know what? We want to sign the same contract. Right? And we want to you know, take a 10% away from Facebook and YouTube. Who would that take? If- who, who would fight you there? Facebook and YouTube. Oh, and they would fucking go to war. Yeah. And they would go to war hardcore. Remember, Google made $68 billion right. in ad revenue last year. What did Facebook make? Probably something like 25. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, yeah, less, that, but, yeah, but less. a lot. Yeah. You know, we're, you know, they're going to fight you. So, you know, changing this, it means changing habits and changing, uh, and changing perception and changing habits. I mean, habits, the, the, thing that I think people, when I hear really savvy entrepreneurs talk, the thing that a lot of them say is we, this is the habit we're trying to change. Yeah. Because if you can change a habit and or create a habit. Yeah. You know, right. That's amazing. Yeah. That's the, that's the real thing you have to get that you have to boil down if you want to sell a, an actual practical life benefiting product. So is Facebook going to change. Is the user going to change their habits? Because if the user doesn't change their habits, yeah. why would Facebook change? So is it more beneficial than it is a con on people, though? Ooh. You know? Well, I, 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 I feel like the habits <laughs> thing might just be a little too it's, too... it's almost too easy of an answer because I feel like there's a percentage of users who are able to do that effectively, but you're inevitably going to have a big percentage of people who are like, yo, I, I'm, I can't deal with changing my internet browsing habits right now because you know i'm going to work i'm dealing with my family and when i hop on the computer here it's like i'm I'm not going to jump on the latest like hashtag trend whatever and and just like i don't want to deal with that right you know no the have to to create to change that habit i mean that that, that's that's my point you know that's why i don't think facebook will change i don't think youtube will change yeah i mean youtube there are workers at youtube great people Mm -hmm. great people at facebook right so when you complain, I hear it, you know, or, you know, when other influencers or other YouTubers complain or partners with Three Black Dot, I hear it and I go talk to YouTube. There are people over there that care that someone lost, you know, I mean, there are, there are content creators I know that lost millions, if not 50 to 100 million views this year based on an algorithm change. But they can't explain to me what that algorithm change was or how it affected that person. Right. Because they aren't, because the person I'm liaisoning with doesn't understand the program. And sometimes the programmers don't even understand. They make tiny changes. I mean, I was talking to a, I was talking to an engineer. I won't say at which one of those two sites, but he made, he made a change that literally moved uh, an icon. 
eight pixels from one side to the other, and it and and apparently it affected millions of views, millions, millions. of views. So imagine if you're that content creator who just lost fifty million views, you know, because and which is you know a really significant CPM, a really significant amount of money, right? Like you're pissed, but at the same time, you're really just kind of a drop in the bucket to a company that gets. Two billion views a day, or two billion views a minute, or whatever they're at right now. Right, it's insane. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, they, it, it's tough. How are you going to change that? Well, I don't know. Well, I mean, I mean, I, think I have, I have theories. You have theories, yes. yeah. Well, I'd love to hear that because I think so. Let's. I'm just trying to wrap my head around this too a little bit, but ultimately, you know, I think it's. This is. I, I think this is really important because everyone. I mean, listening to this, and most people now are watching stuff online, digitally, YouTube, Facebook, whatever, wherever your source is, doesn't matter. Instagram. Um, Instagram. You got Instagram. <laughs> I love Instagram, man. Oh, and the thing is, is that, yeah, like I was talking about, this is like an ad-based economy now. And so you have content that is created to fit within that ad-based economy. So now it's, you know, Google and Facebook, they're shaping the actual type of content people get. You know, right. it's not just like, on a, it's not like this is the clear unadulterated message this is this is yeah, everything that goes up onto youtube right now is a creator jumping through whatever hoops and hurdles and going navigating through whatever constraints they need to to make a product that is ingested but by these by the maybe beast, that's a good thing by the machine and then it finally gets to the creator so to speak and we've seen well i mean just in the type of content you see on youtube over the last few years as you know as the more as YouTube becomes more of a, a system, um, we've seen that that shift. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely I'm, there. It's tangible. Oh, it's tangible. I mean, I mean, just look at your suggested stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll, get, yeah. I'll get suggested stuff from you know the NFL or EA, yeah. you know, or uh, you know one of the other. But, but it, it encourages people not to not to create content that's predatory at least in part. I mean, it doesn't solve every game. It's, it doesn't fix the entire game to yeah. be perfect. But it, I think it. It eliminates people from being like, I'm just going to go on about things unchecked, unfact-checked, yeah. and hope to monetize it mm-hmm. and make money off of it. Yeah. So, so what do you think, Luke, then? What's the uh, what's that other version? What other version? What are your other solutions? What's your, what's your theories? What's well, your theory? Um, I mean, without being too specific, I mean, there needs to be, you know, a movement where the creators and the consumer, it, you know, what's funny is it's kind of, it kind of happens organically. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you guys, you know, you look at the struggle that content creators are going through right now and, and the change in the CPM and the change in the algorithm and all these different things, content creators are now like, okay, I got to think of a different revenue source. I've got to think of something else more steady. I've got to think about, you know, X, Y, and Z. And it, it, what has come out of that, right, are platforms like Patreon, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, you know, in, in YouTube and in Twitch, and, and you got the button, uh, the what do you call it, the subscribe yeah. button. You have, you have these different membership on YouTube. Yeah, with, with both platforms, what's hilarious is I started. I heard. I started hearing side tangent real quick. I heard a um, uh, alternative monetization shrunk down to Altmon. Right. <laughs> this is back in 2017. This is December of 2017. Wow. Altman is called opening your guitar case, yeah. waiting for <laughs> orders to get dropped. <laughs> so I, I heard the first. Uh, I heard the first use of this term Altman by one of the platforms in in December of 2017, and I kind of laughed. 
And I texted my business partner and I was like, hey, <laughs> you know, so-and-so wants us to know the future is Altman. And I was like, I was like, okay, duh. But also, like, this, this is hilarious that this company shortened this thing because they're famous for shortening things. And I swear to you, within three months, all three or four platforms that we were talking to were using the same moniker. They all went from saying the full term alternative monetization to Altmonds. Our, our focus is on Altmonds. We're going we're gonna to create the best user experience for Altmonds. Okay, great. What, what do you mean by that? You know what I mean? So right. uh, it's happening naturally and it's happening organically. Uh, I think there needs to be, you know, a concerted movement. You know, if I'm being completely flat and, and honest, um, you know, I, you'll be hearing me talk about uh, flipping the funnel next year, you know, mm-hmm. changing changing the direction in which you not only consume content and share content, but also um, in which the, you know, the, the advertising, where the advertising dollars go in, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and in my mind, you know, you, you guys are already part of that flip. It's starting to happen. And it's, again, it's, the platforms have started. Uh, content creators have started doing it on their own, out of necessity. Out of break uh, that down for a for a non YouTuber. Well, uh, the uh, infrastructure that was built on you know a massive capitalist economy that um, you know that has production distribution and um, we'll call uh, entertainment slash dissemination of information as three pillars. You know your three pillars of of uh, you know the economy, if you will. Mm-hmm. All those are in flux, and the ad inventory, the ad ad space, views, buyers, and yeah, there you go, and creators Co- and consumers, yeah, yeah. consumers, all, all focused at the consumer, right? Right. And that funnel, like that that infrastructure that was built on on that structure, right, is still in existence. You yeah, know, we were talking about earlier the you know the funnel, the advertising funnel is still a wide funnel that funnels down through a small group of agencies and, and distributors, right? And that yeah. technically the funnel is getting smaller because of oh, the duopoly we, we discussed. Oh, I see. Right. And then it's, and then it's dispersed out. Right. Cash comes in here, hits this funnel, and goes out. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and, and, it, and it disperses itself across those different companies and different mm-hmm. creators and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. The future, in my mind, would be to flip that and create a layer between the consumer and the advertising, right? Okay, and, and that would flip be, it. Well, I mean, you still have a the still you still have the pool of people, still like the pool paid people subscribers or right. what? We'll see. We'll see how it comes out. I'm still yeah. working on it. Right, but flip the funnel. I'm going to keep saying that. Right, next, next year you're going to hear it a lot. Well, it seems like I mean I you, I don't think you're going to flip 68 bill in and 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 no, not at all. Yeah, but I don't maybe like take a piece that maybe pie. it's Altmon. <laughs> maybe it's an Altmon. <laughs> maybe it's Altmon. <laughs> okay. Uh, I forgot that I was wearing Saga House today. I looked up at the screen. I was like, "Oh yeah, what yeah. is that?" Uh, I think it's one of the best secret restaurants in LA. Not secret. I mean, it's. Uh, <laughs> I guess you're wearing a shirt for it. <laughs> I, I look like one of their employees right now because I bought one of their employee T-shirts. Oh, I thought it was just like you were just. <laughs> we down with actually sake. just brought in a guy from Saki House. Talk really in depth. really in depth about advertisement in the 21st century. Um, no, uh, sorry. I just looked up the screen. I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm wearing a cola." Rip off that's about sake. <laughs> I didn't dress biz cash today, guys. Apologies. That's fine. So so what's all this stuff about the industrial revolution that you're talking about? Yeah. Like what what happened Let's there, get man? Into that for a second. You, you mentioned that earlier. Yeah, sure. I mean I think I think I think the most powerful revolution, you know, is not the American you know, I'm gonna sound blasphemous, I guess. 
And I don't think I'm the only person who thinks this. It's not the American Revolution. It wasn't the French Revolution. You know, whatever. I think the Industrial Revolution has shaped our, you know, modern society more than any other revolution. Yeah. Hands down. Hands down. Yeah. I think you get pushed back on some people. You know, some people are like, no, America, you know, America's uh, so great. If you America study revolution. the history that came about after that, I just, you're not, like I'm no ass- comparison. I'm assuming you're not talking about like steam engines specifically. I am 100%. Yeah. Uh, With well, the infrastructure that that disrupted. Now, that was the first one I'm talking about was that was the, that was both the building of the infrastructure of a global economy. Steam, mm-hmm. steel. Steam, steel. Yeah. Let's just think about what happened in that period. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, you know, we're talking about a period between, let's call it, and I think, Again, we have people disagree with this year, 1830 to 1920-ish. Okay, yeah. And in that time, the modes of distri- distribution and the modes of transportation totally changed. Right, yeah. You know, you once had to, you know, if you wanted to have it, something it come over It ended slavery. Fast, it ended slavery, but it, yeah. I mean, it did a lot of different things. Right. A lot of different things. But, like, you could create a product all of a sudden in New York, ship it to San Francisco or ship it to Paris. Yeah. You know, and it still be, you know, it, it'd be relatively quickly. Yeah. Because of the steam engine and all these different things. Yeah, rail and no, no you don't need sails on your boat anymore. So yeah, yeah. the modes of distribution, okay. the modes of transportation totally up, upended and changed, right? Products are cheaper. Products, loss modes, is modes less, of production, modes of production less. change. The, the, the interchangeable part yeah. wasn't created, I don't think, until like the 1840s. Now think about that. Prior to the 1840s, everything you had made, your knife, your gun, your hoe, your... Clothes, everything was unique and individual. Period. Yeah. The interchangeable mm-hmm. part, right? And and the with the industrial with the modes of production that changed with the indi- uh, you know with the interchangeable part, the uh, creating of assembly lines, creating production, you know, mass production, right? Right, and able to create many things that are exactly the same product. One out of a thousand. I think products. firearms might have been in, in fundamental in starting that. Well. The firearms were fundamental in, in, in creating the interchangeable part. Right, that's right. Not I mean, in creating, yeah. Yeah, in the interchangeable that's part. That's funny. Right? That's, that's something I've never actually considered. Like, oh, yeah, a, like a, a nut that fits two different screws made by two different companies. Right. Like, whoa. Didn't exist until. <laughs> so now, you, know, you, know, you see what I'm saying? I so take that modes, for granted. Yeah, right. take, we all take it for granted. Everyone, right? yeah. I, you know, I can buy this pen, your pen, almost the exact same thing, change it out, and you'd be like, I don't know, you can't tell the difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a point in time where you'd be like, oh, this one has slightly different flecks of gray or, you yeah. know, whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it loses a luster, if you will, some people would say, but it also creates economies of scale and it changes it changes what you can make and it changes how you view consumption because mm-hmm. now all of a sudden the cost of a good goes way down. Right. Yeah. If I can produce thousands of them, instead of it being an individual craftsman making me one thing, the cost of goods go way down. You know, again, we're talking about the building of a middle class, blah, blah, blah. The dis- the, now, the third thing in flux at this point is the dissemination of information, mm-hmm. right? Prior to the Industrial Revolution, I want to and I'm going to get my numbers wrong here, I, you know, but I want to say less than 50% of the populace was uh, literate. Yeah. Right? And the printing press, the radio, the telegraph, all these different things, it changed so much. The the How humans were able to consume information yeah all of a sudden like if lincoln were shot you know 20 years before 30 years before it would have taken months for california to hear about yeah weeks at least weeks yeah weeks yeah at least right instead it was like (laughs) right 
not like not like it is today, yeah. but it was like whoa. Yeah. Like I found out the next day. Right. And I live in Indiana. Right. Like whoa, how did that? You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, information it it really compresses the time and space in which you know information can be shared and blah blah blah. Now, so now all of a sudden we have what's being built out over those the industrial revolution is a you know a robust massive you know economy that's based on consumerism, right? And if you're going to have consumerism and you're going to have people making different types of products, guess what? You got to advertise on it. Yep. You got to fucking. You got to get people aware <laughs> yeah. of your product. You got to get them buying your product. You got to get all this stuff. So all of a sudden, the infrastructure of of the uh, ad world starts being built. You know, uh, print. You know, which is still amazingly a shockingly large portion of our ad buy every year. I think it's still like seventeen percent. Print paper. Right. What p- people advertising in print still seventeen percent. That's nuts. Fucking crazy. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. <laughs> but well, I digress. I mean, the point is, you know, all that infrastructure is being built out, right? Still, I mean, in just like in products and, and all these different things, they were still owned by very few amount of people. You know, the money yeah. going to the top. And, and that's totally fine. There's nothing Hurst. wrong with it. Hertz, Carnegie. Yeah, Carnegie. Uh, yeah. Rockefeller. All these different, you know, we called them great men and, you know, of the industrial age. Yeah. Becoming super uber wealthy and not being part of, quote unquote, the ruling class. Right. You know, prior to this period, you know. Didn't exist. Yeah. For you to be, like, massively powerful, I mean, there, it's not, that's not 100% true. I mean, there were large families that were built their, you know, stuff on trade. But yeah. you usually had somebody in the ruling class. You had Hundreds somebody, of years ruling yeah. class family. Yeah. So now you have, you know, people, again, people who built themselves up, you know, and you have the built, you know, the the foundation of the american dream is based in is embedded in the industrial revolution absolutely all these different things uh that that are built on top of uh this massive commerce uh, society and the advertising industry being built same way Mm. you know and again that's why i use the term of a funnel there's a huge amount of cash and and we talk about ads you know there's people who buy the ads and then they hire ad agencies that distribute you know that come up with the creative that then distribute the ads on the you know on the platforms right um, and the reason uh, this is all in flux and in change is because this is a cell phone. And this is one of the strongest computers in the world, you know, 20 years ago. And now it's in my pocket, mm-hmm. right? And now I can deliver, I can watch full movies, I can play video games, I can do everything on this thing, right? So now the ads are probably all going... You can buy and sell ads on buy it. Buy and sell ads here. So, you know, the disruption that's happening, the disruption that has been happening over the last 15 years with technology, I mean, if you look at the music industry, you look, all these di- disruptions has to do with the access of that content, right? It has to do with what it costs for you to get that access, right? And that cost used to be you have to sit here and watch five 30-second ads, period. Right. If you don't watch this show, you're going to have to sit here and watch five 30-second ads. No longer the truth. So when I say... What Google did in 2006 being one of the most disruptive and most important decisions of the, uh, of the last 100 years when it comes to the industry, what I'm saying is they genuinely, and this is where I think Facebook totally misses the mark, you know, they genuinely created a partnership program where a percentage of the ad revenue goes to you, the content creator, you, the producer of that stuff. They, they in a way, in a weird way, they both widened and shrunk the filter. They widened yeah. the filter because they made millions of other people who could be distributors. They shrunk it in that instead of buying from like 10 different people, you have to buy from one source, and that's Google. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and that, I mean, that's what's, you know, really fascinating about the time we're living in. You know, my company, Three Black Dot, your guys' company, Corridor Digital, both 
relatively new young companies that are incredibly successful. You know, someone wanted to acquire us. Somebody would want to acquire you if you acquire you if you wanted to. But what's amazing is you get to do that on your own. You get to decide that. Mm -hmm. So you know, back to the industrial revolution. You know, why I think that this is in a way a new industrial revolution. You know, uh, twenty years ago, guys wanted to make movies and shorts and TV. You literally had what two avenues. You know what I mean? Yeah. You had to. You had tow line. You had to fucking slug it out. That's why you get all these crazy Hollywood stories about people doing heinous shit because (laughs) they're like the power. The power is so skewed. Well, I I think you know. I'm just trying to like as I listen. I I I keep trying to simplify it and like distill this. And it sounds kind of like when you talk about the industrial revolution compared to 2006. Here, all we're really talking about is it's it's about the the reach so to speak you know the industrial revolution creates like a physical tangible reach to more people and a mental reach and that what happens in 2006 is through the creation of content creators or influencers you know you're basically handing over the keys to more people for that kind of reach now you know well, what let I mean? me let me back up no because yeah. i don't think i explained it all so so no i, I actually okay. think i think all those all those things are in flux again mm. Right, the modes of production, right? So, uh, the modes of production, you know, from a cost perspective, you know, just 20, let's go 20 years. Let's not go 100 years ago. Let's go 20 years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Incredibly expensive for you to start up, right? Let's not even go to distribution. Like, distribution, getting something filmed and made and seen, literally, it took a lightning bolt. If you, if you self financed it and you didn't go through the Hollywood way, it took a lightning bolt. One in a billion chance for your shit to be seen. Right. And it was incredibly expensive to make. Right. So the cost of production, again, has gone down so much that you can do this. Mm-hmm. Right. The modes of distribution, the most difficult part of this whole ecosystem is the modes of distribution. Yeah. It's no longer the most difficult part. And I'll get to that in a second. But the most difficult part in the Industrial Revolution was the modes of distribution because it was also the most expensive part because you had to build the railroad. You had to. You know, you had to pay someone to you know, do all these different things oh, yeah. to get your product from here to here, mm-hmm. right? Or to get seen, you know, back in the day when there were only two TV channels, you only had two people you could go to to get something distributed. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it was the hardest part of the chain. Yeah. Right? It is now, flip it, it's now the easiest. Yeah. The hardest and most expensive is now the easiest. Because now you have places like Amazon, Etsy, UPS, yeah. UPS I mean, just... Pick pick a pick a delivery service. Yeah, I mean, shit, I could use fucking Uber to do it. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. My, <laughs> yeah, you could. My modes of distribution, <laughs> my modes of distribution have changed so much and are so much more accessible than ever before. So, no, all three things that we were talking about have changed and in in flux. Production cheaper, more accessible, more doable. If you guys want to do, you can make your own merch T-shirts right here. Yeah, fairly cheap. You know, you can mm-hmm. cover your class. You know, cover your class. You can make probably make better margins. It's difficult. Yeah. It takes a lot of, you know, you're, you're whatever, blah, blah, blah. You could do it. The sales infrastructure online is the biggest hurdle to that one. Correct. Yeah. Well. For no, us, it was. For you. Yeah. So now, you've, modes of production have changed, become more easier to do, produce things. You know, again, whether, you know, again, it could be a t-shirt, it could be a, you know, uh, it could be a table. Yeah. You know, it could be whatever it is. And you could sell it on Etsy. There's different platforms you can sell it on, Right. Um, so distribution's totally changed. What Amazon's doing to distribution is totally 
crazy, right? So distribution is 100% change. Production is 100% change. The dissemination of information, there's no argument there, right? You know, the, the entertainment and the dissemination of, uh, dissemination of information is crazy different now. Yeah. So the modes of distribution there, you know, if you look at iTunes, YouTube, mm-hmm. Vimeo, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. I mean, these are free portals in which you pay a license fee. Prior to that, I had to have, I had to give them, I mean, I had to create a great product that, you know, then I would sell 30% or 50% of my revenue to immediately without even seeing anything. I probably had to do other things for them. And then, I'll, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was incredibly hard to get your shit seen. And now it's free. Mm-hmm. The difference though, you know, is unlike industrial revolution, you have infinite shelf space, you know, so you have. You know, there's no limit to shelf. So what you guys have done, you know, creating audience, building audience through great content, authentic content, you know, strong brand voice, you've created the most difficult part. You've changed the, the most difficult part of the uh, past is, is no longer distribution, right? It is now uh, the dissemination of information, the sale, you know, getting to the community, to the audience, because there's so many different platforms and they're, they're being hit with. So, no, I, I do believe the analogy stands up. It's not just ads that have changed in, in, in today's paradigm. Um, it may not be the, as great a shift as the Industrial Revolution, but it's truly a shift upon, uh, on across uh, all the major parts of production and all the major parts of our economy. Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, again, I always see that thing on Facebook or, in, or Twitter, I mean, where it's like, Top ten com- companies of two thousand three, you know, Google's not even in it. Apple's at the bottom. Yeah, you know what I mean. Top ten companies of twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. Google, Facebook, Amazon. You know Apple. what I mean. Companies yeah. you never yeah, even heard of. There's a term of. for it in investment now. The yeah, the four horsemen. No, there's like a <laughs> Google, Apple, Facebook, Netflix. There's a term oh yeah, for there it. is. Yeah, I've heard that too. I, I don't can't come yeah. up with it. But that I mean that I mean that's why I think it's a apt an apt analogy because I do believe it, it's not the same change because, you know, uh, you know, the industrial revolution only happens once, but I do believe all those things have been in flux. We're getting to a place where, you know, again, it's codifying. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, I think that's probably what's frustrating for new creators you know, yeah. in your community. It is harder to get seen today than it was in 2009, 2010 when you guys were building the audience. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, yeah. that's what I was, that's why I was bringing up this, the idea of, it's kind of like the keys, so to speak. You know, and they were the first set of keys was created in the industrial revolution when, and, and these keys let you access people in both like tangible and intangible means, whether through communication or product. You know, and over the 20th century, we see that getting refined and refined. But now, it's like we, we're kind of starting to hit the bottom floor now, where everyone has those keys now. Mm. It's just that the value of them is dropped because everyone has them now. And that's kind of what you're talking about when it, yeah. when it says, oh, when we're talking about a creator who just starts out in 2018 yeah. or in 2020, because now with everyone having that access or that level of communication becomes, you know, exponentially more difficult. Yeah. Do you think that then ad dollars will effectively sort out like who the, like who the legitimate creators are is that where we're is that the space that we're in now how does that work because like if they're 
no. This is, the, this is the fine line that that Google and Facebook are trying to th- thread right now. They're yeah, I don't know. That's tough. Yeah, it's tough because I mean, I think, I think I tried to make the point earlier when I mean, what YouTube has done is they've you know they spent a lot of 2014, 2015 really building up partners like PlayStation and EA and you know beauty pro- some beauty products, whatever you know, helping them build. You know, they spent part of that hundred million dollars. Right, mm-hmm. and their initial whatever to help build those brands up. So now you have brand endemic pages, mm-hmm. and now I'm getting those in suggestions. I would never fucking watch a. Well, don't give me an Activision video. Yeah, you know, give me, give me Syndicate's video about Activision or Mini Lads. You know what I mean, or whoever's video that's talking about the announcement. I'd rather yeah. see their opinion on the announcement than the actual one. But they're giving me the actual one, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, because the actual one comes with ad dollars, right? So it's it's this weird thing. I I. I I mean listen it's you know to to say that uh it'll be a meritocracy moving forward would be a lie uh I you know but to say that it's completely gone I think is also missing the mark I think there's I I genuinely believe there's still obvious you know room for growth and opportunity for people to build audiences I just think it has to be done differently than it was it used to be yeah you know our keys back in the day which are still in keys or consistency and quality and uh, what's the other one? Consistency and quality and community, you know? Yeah. I think it was kind of the, the three keys you had in the early internet yeah. social days. You know, if you stop yeah. po- if you stop posting for a few months, you were probably dead. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? The internet forgets about you and they move on to the next creator. So you had to be consistent. You had to be quality. You had to make content that people would come back for. And you had to build a community. You had to actually interact with them. So I think those are still true. Yeah. But... There's other things that have to happen too. What are those things? I don't know. If I knew that, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to figure that you out. You know what I think is still true? I was watching some of your guys' videos when I, before I came in, just to like, you know, hey, did I miss anything? And um, I think it's still true today. And I, I used to say this to creators, you know, in 2009, 2010, 2011. Uh, get really good at hitting singles, you know, and try to hit a home run four times a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Get really good at making good, consistent content, you know, whatever. And four times a year, you know, whether it's an event that's coming up, it's a Call of Duty drop, or I don't know what it is, you know, really put a creative effort into trying to hit a home run, mm-hmm. right? So that you have the community to give you the boost that the other community can come and grab you. I still think that's true. You know, I, I still think that's true. Be really good at consistency and, and hitting good singles. And when you hit a home run, be willing to, uh, Optimize. I mean, your guys' Spider-Man video, for example, I think, you know, if you look at all your videos, they're doing great. You know, you're averaging, what, three, 400,000 views, sometimes five. Yeah. But that one hit four mil. Yeah. That's a home run. I mean, back in the day, your home runs were like 20 mil, right? Those days are probably gone. We, we still have a few of those, actually. So yeah. yeah. But, but it's more of the fact that um, international audiences are, you know, yeah. like are, are, are starting to open up a little more. Yeah, that's yeah. more and why. so... They're getting circulated in yeah. other. They're on a few. They're cultures. they're like a few years behind where we are here when yeah. it comes to that side of virality. Okay. But yeah. So yeah, I don't I don't know if I can answer what that magic sauce is right now. I mean, I think it is evolving. Um, I mean, just you know, like I said, I I still think the ad dollars are evolving, but um, 
like you guys said, you got to find those Altmans. Altmans. <laughs> and those Altmans got to be those products, bro. Give me those T-shirts. Well, I mean, it, ultimately, it's really – that is the business side of yeah. being creative. Yeah. And, you know, YouTube and Facebook have taken a lot of that effort and work away from the average creator as far as, like, how do I build what I do into a business? Because they handle that. They, you know, it's just like, oh, you're telling me I just got to hit record and hit upload? And – You'll you'll send the checks and they're like, yep, we got it, and and so again, distribution change, dude. Altmon though, but Altmon <laughs> is <laughs> that is that is kind of like, all right, well, how do we, dude? Let's let's imagine YouTube isn't in the picture somehow. Yeah, like yeah. how how do we go about our lives? Well, we're still making videos, yeah. and you guys are killing it. They're fun, fun to make. Yeah. I love them. Thanks. I think <laughs> it it'll be again. It'll be a really interesting couple of years. I think things need to change. I think things on Facebook's got to change. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think, I mean, if anyone from Facebook's listening, I keep telling you guys in meetings, and I know you guys have been talking about it, create a partnership program, you know, and not a, it doesn't have to be crazy. This whole bunk with the onboarding for cash thing, give me a break. It's so annoying. I mean, it's, it just turns the creator community off. Yeah. I mean, you'll get a couple people who get, make a little cash and and whatever, but you, you know, you really want to be more, long-term thinking than for those listening who don't know what this is basically i'm going to talk completely openly about this facebook offered money in exchange for uploads hard cash dollars amounts in exchange for hard numbers of uploads as a way to get creators onto their platform but didn't offer any terms for the future didn't offer any terms for how they're going to create creator community didn't offer any terms for how they're going to reward us for staying on the platform just simply offered that in exchange of a hope that people would onboard yeah. onto Facebook do what Facebook do what Twitch and YouTube do I just it's don't like, understand it's the most whorish like thing I've heard yeah. just create a Carly, partnership program yeah. yeah I don't understand why you can't do that I I don't know I and and I got an I got an ex, I got an excuse once that was tech based, like oh what, our our ecosystem doesn't work like theirs and tracking of views and we can't do X Y and Z and I was like really you can't you can't do what Twitch does you can't do this it whole YouTube. website yeah, exactly you how you wanted it you can't do what YouTube does like I are you is that what you're saying you just you just can't build the tech like I don't believe that don't yeah know. yeah I, it's 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 pretty strange but I mean it kind of makes sense though too because I don't think. It's used in a different way. I don't think people like it's. It's not. It's not a community in the way that YouTube is. Facebook yeah. is for like the people in your immediate life, and yeah. that's and, why it was so effective in the election, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like you, you. But you wouldn't go there to go. Hey, I wonder what the quarter digital boys are up to. You know, no, it's like it's absolutely not. Well, you if they created it, a better experience, I mean, yeah. Right? If they they would, but that's that's kind of almost in a way an overhaul of the system. It's like a second version of Facebook where you have that's what they're doing with Instagram though. Like that's why they're doing Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see how that works. I guess. Yeah. Um. Well, I hate to say it, but I think are we our time, done. Our time. I oh, think man. that was fascinating. It was a. That was a yeah. really really cool little. Uh, God, we, barely, call that. we barely even like there's so many more things i could yeah, go into I know. with that <laughs> well it's funny is i mean i think we got into our origin stories a bit i mean i i find how we became friends and like remain friends like really awesome yeah like we have a new hopefully a new project coming up uh together um and it generally wasn't like i wasn't thinking like oh i want to you know work a quarter because x y and d it was like 
like, you know, my business partner was like, hey, think of a group of people you'd want to work with. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, that's a good idea. You know what I mean? I obviously thought about Tom and Craig. And then I was driving home and I immediately was just like, oh, shit. That'd be, I love working with this guy. That'd be rad to work with them. I immediately called Jake. I was like, hey, I yeah, float an idea out there. Yeah. And I think that's where we're getting in our careers. And that's what makes, you know, what you guys do, what I do so fun is it's like, oh, we get a, we get to decide moving forward who and what we we work on. Right. Yeah. Um, and that has to do with the internet. And the, That's where that integrity comes in, baby. <laughs> it really, dude, it really is. I, here's my, you want to hear my cheesiest sales line? Yes. Yeah. Right, here's my cheesiest sales line, and I use it all the time. My whole team uses it. When talking to brands and trying to get them to buy money with us, you know, I say, hey, you can't take the you out of YouTube, so don't try let us work with you on the brand messaging, you know, and then we'll work with the content creators and we'll come up with something better. Cause like you just giving us a script is going is, to, is unauthentic. It's going to bomb. Please yeah. don't do this. I know you want to spend tons mm-hmm. of money. I get that you have cash, but work with us, you know, cause you can't take that you out. Right. It's true though. Mm-hmm. It is a hundred percent true, but true. it's, it's a salesy pitch. Yeah, it is. It's cheesy. When I say it, a little piece of my soul is like, <gasps> <laughs> There's something in the we'll way you say it, but what you're saying is 100 percent true. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just I've said it a billion times. I can imagine. You know, you can't take the year to YouTube, so don't try. <laughs> well, so yeah, I used that one. That was actually like my only my second meeting at YouTube ever where I used that one. Yeah. And then like six months a year later, like I heard one of their execs use it, and I was like. <gasps> Fuck yeah, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on, and uh, hopefully we can do this again. Pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, love to. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's great, guys. Guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. And as always, if you enjoyed it, head on over to CorridorDigital.store and get some merchandise to support more episodes. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. doesn't matter where you hit subscribe, but thanks for listening. We appreciate you. See you out there. See you out there on the on the frontier. <laughs>